Thank you for listening to this podcast hosted by the Cambridge MBA. Today we have Stella Schiefer, co-founder and CEO of Polyport, a company based in Switzerland that does crowdsource logistics. So Stella, thank you for joining us today. Um, we've heard a lot about crowdsourcing, crowdfunding, but what is crowdsource logistics? Yes. Hello, Conrad. Thank you, first of all, for giving me the opportunity to speak today. Um, so crowd, crowdsource logistics is just another example of the sharing economy. So the sharing economy generally lets you share virtually anything you own or any resource you have, such as an apartment, a tool, a ride, or in our case, your space, your transport capacities that can be used for logistics purposes. So our vision is to make it possible for you to find anyone in the space around you who will be able to pick up something for you and deliver it for you, of course, in a much greener way, much more economical way, and also a very social way. Stella, I can see how this concept might work with, say, delivery companies. You know, they've got large fleets of vehicles. They can enter into a contract with uh, other competitors so that they can share space. But what's uh, in it for your customers? I mean, if I were a, a customer or a potential customer looking at your website, what would you tell me uh, is good about this service that's, you know, different from what I'm doing right now? Thank you for this question. Of course, anyone who's using a new service or a sharing economy service also needs to receive some sort of compensation. In our case, if you offer to bring something for someone else, then you have the opportunity to make some extra money. So you can actually earn some money that you will transfer directly to your bank account. You can get a good, a better conscience because you're doing something green. You're trying to use your space more efficiently and you're also helping to connect uh, better in your neighborhood when you do someone a favor in your community. And um, on the other side, uh, like on every, in any, any other sharing economy, you always have two sides, someone who's offering someone something and someone who's using that offer. So in our case, the customers who do want to get a better delivery, they, of course, can get a convenient delivery through our systems, which is... Uh, at the time when they actually want it, at the location where they actually want it, and uh, they can also support a green delivery option at the same time. So your company, Polyport, they've got um, you've got one main service right now, which is you call Bringby. Is that right? That is correct. So can you just describe for our listeners uh, how Bringby works in terms of let's say uh, pairing the two sides, as you say, as you described it? Um, how does the cost or the the pricing? mechanism work and how do you make money from Bringby? Sure. So Bringby um, is a marketplace for you to find someone else who's going shopping for you and will shop it and bring it to your home. Why did we focus on shopping? Maybe quick intro. Um, I mean, the very big vision is very broad to simply find anyone who will bring, uh, bring a package from A to B is, let's say, a very abstract or a very big challenge, and we wanted to narrow down the application um, of, of the service to a bit closer target group so it would be easier to market this idea, uh, which is why we focused on only doing this delivery or this home delivery for your shopping. And we also managed to get um, IKEA in Switzerland excited about it, first pilot about it. So we found they had a very strong 
partner to, to roll out this very first idea. And what's now being possible on bringby.ch is that you can write a shopping list, you can select items from partner stores and put them on a shopping list and simply get them delivered when you want it and uh, where you want it by someone else from your neighborhood. You just pay a little uh, thank you reward to your brandy who's bringing it for you and a, sh a certain um, fee, of course, to brandy so we can make sure that all the transactions work out nicely and that you really get what you paid for. Um, the, we make money in this case while we're charging the transaction fee and in return we take care of verifying all the brandies in the system, the entire community. We take care of the secure payments between the two parties and um, also the transport insurance for each transaction. So we try to make sure that everything works as planned in the system. Uh, long term, or it's already starting, um, the idea is also to make this a B2B business model because also partners can um, benefit greatly from this new service. They, uh, partners like IKEA or local microbreweries or anyone else who has something that he's producing and he wants to sell need some sort of logistics option to deliver products to their customers. But this is logistics is traditionally um, very infrastructure heavy. It's very expensive. It's tough to offer very flexible delivery times. And all this we can do with Bringby. And um, so we offer also um, just a new type of green delivery option to producers, to retailers. And also they um, will be paying for the service on a regular basis with the commission fees um, in, in the long term. Stella, I wanted to just focus on one aspect um, of, of the operations, which is really this idea of building communities of, of customers, partner shops, uh, and who are willing to share this transport or logistic or, or delivery capability. Um, I'm interested to hear your views on how did you build these sharing communities? Mm -hmm. um, also, this is a very good question. Every marketplace, especially in the sharing economy, has a challenge of building up two customer groups or two user groups at the same time. Those who share something and those who want uh, something else that someone else is sharing. Um, in the very beginning, we definitely had a certain group of people uh, fans, uh, friends, people uh, from the startup scene who were just really excited about our idea, who were sort of our first movers, our first users. Um, but then, of course, you quickly start to go into um, creating a certain buzz through traditional media, like newspapers, getting in blogs, being very active in social media. Um, and now we're really at the point where we are trying to advertise specifically to our uh, customer groups, and I mean, in our case, this is really uh, on the customer side. People with little time, people who don't really have the time to do those pickups, to do those, to do those home deliveries themselves. So families, people without cars, full-time employees, and there you can advertise uh, very specifically. Uh, for example, through uh, family centers, family institutions, uh, or to set up partnership with employers to offer this as a new scheme, as a new service, so to say, to the employees to make their life a bit easier. So now we're really in the process of setting up very, um, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully very effective uh, uh, communication channels to very specific customer groups. Stella, that sounds fascinating. I, I would imagine that 
trust in the system and, and community is very important. So how did you build that trust? Um, I mean, if I imagine myself as a maybe a skeptical consumer of this mm-hmm. uh, and I wanted my delivery, shopping delivery to, to come to me, I mean, I would need to be able to trust that some a stranger, really, who's not your employee is going to pick up the goods, not run away with it, not damage it, and bring it to me, you know, at a reliable time. And I guess on the other side, someone who's doing this service has to trust that uh, he or she will be paid, but also when they deliver the product, um, that consumer is going to be at home or in the office to pick it up. Um, how did you build this trust and overcome, let's say, the object, you know, objections of skeptical customers? A very important question again. Uh, trust is one of the most important aspects of any sharing market, market space today. And also we have multiple levels of security or certain um, yeah, certain aspects in the entire flow that try to prevent uh, the most common errors. Of course, at the beginning, we sat down and made a list of sort of all the things that could go wrong. And you already mentioned, oh, the delivery time is a person at home. And for this, for example, we have a feature where um, the customer from the very beginning can say, these are my preferred delivery times. You can also say, if I'm not at home, you can, for example, either leave it with my neighbor or also give you permission to just put it in uh, on the balcony or some other designated place that, that you can specify. So here we have certain um, certain features um, to, to sort of uh, mitigate these problems. And, of course, on the other side, on the trust issue, what we do is to verify all our members. Everyone needs to have an account. Bring these that bring something also need to verify their mobile numbers to make sure we can reach them. And um, the other crucial thing in the process is that the bring these today actually have to pay the shopping. So they are going to the store, they're paying the money, their own money, to get something for a neighbor. And then, of course, they're very keen to actually deliver it. And in the end, um, we guarantee them that we will pay them back, that we will pay and reimburse them for the shopping and also give them the reward. So um, we as a marketplace guarantee sort of all payments or the security of all payments and um, the security of of the marketplace in in whole. Stella, I get the impression that many of these sharing activities are local in nature. So could you tell us a bit about um, how extensive geographically your uh, busy bee, bring bee, sorry, uh, has been in terms of bringing, building together communities? So I do think that it is very important to start locally and focus on maybe one city or one certain uh, quarter of community at the very beginning to get a first traction, to get some experience, to get people involved, to get first testimonials. Um, and we did that actually in the city of Zurich together also only with one partner store of IKEA here in in Zurich, but now we've opened the system and let people from all over Switzerland sign up um, to the platform. And we also surprised how, how how well it actually works uh, and how how quickly jobs get done all over Switzerland already. One of the challenges for um, companies like yourselves in the sharing economy is really how to scale. And you you mentioned you know that you have to start local, but. How do you see a, a company scaling when you have to keep building communities uh, as you expand? Um, yeah, that's a very fair question. Um, 
you I guess you also get a certain routine in um, in how how what to do in certain cities. What you have to do is um, to go to all the family centers to set up uh, to to set up your your digital marketing with your AdWords or your Facebook groups. Um, so certain things you can reuse. So you're getting better at, at doing the marketing for sure. Also, you uh, get more partners involved who are not only in one city but who are uh, present in multiple cities. But last but not last but not least, uh, you do need funding at some point also <laughs> to really fund all those marketing activities because uh, the the B two C marketing is very tough. It does take a lot of energy, a lot of time, a lot of um, funds to do it properly. And um, we will be looking into getting also funding to support all of those activities um, and make it possible to keep up with all these marketing activities in all the new regions all the time. And Stella, last question. Um, here in, in Cambridge Judge Business School, and I'm quite sure in many other business schools and economic departments around the world, you know, the, we, we see customers as really these economic beings, people who will do something if they are remunerated uh, sufficiently, etc. Does it does it strike you then, um, being you know, CEO of a, a sharing company, a company in the sharing economy, that actually people aren't quite like that, and that uh, is there something within people that want to share with others? Mm-hmm. Um, very philosophical question for the end. Yes, of course, it's, it's a mixture. It's a mixture of different things, why people share. And I have, of course, I often talk to users, why, why they use it and what motivates them. And it's often really a mixture of different things. Of course, it's the financial aspects, but then it's often also the social, the community aspects, the fascination of uh, new uh, new networks of how things work together uh, on a larger scale how they how subsistence can create larger meaning um, and connect new people in so many new ways and of course the um, the economic uh, the ecological points also that are very important for many people in the system um, but on the other hand I mean you also have to see that I guess societies probably are intrinsically um, always uh, cooperating together. I mean, mankind could only become so successful because we started cooperating, we started specifying our tasks, we started, we, we live in communities exactly for that reason, because we function better if, uh, if we cooperate among, among each other. So maybe it really is part of, of our human nature after all. Bella, thank you very much for that. Um, and I look forward to uh, maybe ordering something through Bringby the next time I'm in Switzerland. I hope so. Thank you.